guys. It's The Spectacle today. I'm your host, Scott McKay, contributing editor of The American Spectator, publisher of Reviver.com, TheHayRide.com, and also the author of the forthcoming book, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin, which is a book about Barack Obama and how he's responsible for everything you hate about America today. That'll be out in September. My co-host is American Spectator publisher Melissa McKenzie, who demanded that I open the show today because she's feeling blah. Um, do you, you want to explain really that, Melissa? Share, you didn't have to share that. Yes, we're absolutely. This is a sharing show today. There's no That's the part you did not have to share. <laughs> Just so our our uh, you know five people who watch this show know, it's like. 100 degrees for the hundredth day in the row here in Houston. It's hot. You can't keep get the house cool. And the um, I have, you know, lights on, which what I'd like to be doing is be like a vampire in a dark room in a crypt that is cold. <laughs> and I would be happy. So you that is why there's That's nothing wrong with me outside of heat. Uh, dig a basement. Get like a root cellar going, and then you can do the show in there. Houston, the water table's like six. Well, you may be, you may be, you know, swimming in the root cellar, but you can do it. <laughs> yes, I would be swimming <laughs> in the root cellar. Anyway, so we're going to start off talking today about poor Jonah Hill. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm saying poor Jonah Hill because I saw an article today that ca called him or that his ex-girlfriend called him, what's the problem with conservative men going after liberal women? And I was like, first off, Jonah Hill's conservative? <laughs> what? Yeah. What he, he apparently says stand in for conservative men because you don't have many in Hollywood, apparently. I mean, uh, but he's not, by any means under the sun, fits the definition of a conservative man. Well, and then her, you know, she was talking about like, he's abusive in his text and I read them and I was like, dude, I've received abusive texts <laughs> and this does not arrive. I, I, I in the last week, I've received an email from a reader that was more abusive than the text. <laughs> and I don't even know the guy. And then these texts that she received from her, you know, uh, partner or uh, an ex-partner, whatever. And the, I was just like, am I missing something here? Like this is, and then Cernovich online says that, um, you know, it, Jonah is a guy who clearly has problems with a beautiful woman. He lost all this weight and has problems with a beautiful woman. And, and then other people were saying that she was a fame whore and now she sees that he's happy. She's, you know, sad because he's got this family and da, 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 da. And I, you know, the thing is, I think more than one thing can be true at once. You know, I read his stuff and there's probably, I mean, she was clearly like doing things that I wouldn't want my partner be doing, you know what I mean? Like making it seem right. like she's a single person or something. And, um, and I can see though, like, you know, we don't really change much from growing up. For example, I was skinny growing up in my head. I still am. And I'm always shocked, you know, like when my butt knocks into something <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not a skinny person anymore. You know, we kind of have this idea about of our, ourselves when we grow up 
And, and then be, when we become adults, even if we've changed, our insides can still feel the same. And, right. um, you know, I think there might be an element of that. Anyway, I, I, and well, then I'll tell you what. Was, going through all of this, Scott, I was like, care about these people you know i don't want to no, know it's well that's right and nobody should really care very much about jonah hill or sarah brady who's his ex-girlfriend um the circumstance I never heard of by the way like i was like Who well, is she's a friend? she's not a star she's a like she, she's like a surfing instructor okay, oh, okay. um and then if you don't know anything about this this is the context of it so um, he dated her like in, in 2021 and part of last year. Um, I guess they were discussing the relationship becoming serious. Um, and it wasn't going all that well, apparently. Um, and so they ultimately broke up. He took up with somebody else. They're engaged and they just had a baby which it's okay, you're supposed to finish the engagement before you have the baby, but I guess in Hollywood, that's not done, apparently. Um, so we'll, we'll leave that piece of social commentary aside for, for the moment. Anyway, he moved on and obviously found somebody who he had a better, or is having a better relationship with. So as soon as the kid is born, she goes on Instagram and starts posting screenshots of text messages that she had with him, I guess, when the relationship turned south. Mm -hmm. And I'll read you the one that everybody's talking about. Okay, so this is a text message that he sent her. And it, it, it reads as follows, plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate relationships with or friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, I am not the right partner for you. If, the, if these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. Those are my boundaries for romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Now, we don't know the backstory behind this text. My guess is, is that all of these are things that probably came up during the relationship that were the source of at least discussion between the two, because I, you know, I, I don't get the impression that Jonah Hill is the kind of guy who like reads lots of books about psychology and like, you know, has plotted out his relationships well in advance like this is all stuff that bothered him before um and so well, i don't know about that he had a he had a um a netflix um documentary type, type right. of thing about his psychologist i watched it yeah and he's pretty well schooled in all of this I mean, this well, is well, that's the reason he's using the word boundaries so much yeah, right, right? right which and and he's gotten dragged a lot on the internet um, you know, there's one particular, I don't even know this guy is, but this kind of obnoxiously gay guy who's a therapist who posts like diagnosis videos on TikTok based on text messages he's seen. And this guy tore up Jonah Hill for using the word boundaries so often, um, which, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. Um, 
I will say, and I'm not going to get into, you know, kind of too much of the specifics of this, but like most of the reaction that I've seen, particularly on the right, Candace Owens had a just absolute on fire um, response to this, basically where she said, look, you know, basically all he's doing is asking her to be a respectable chick if he's going to marry her. And what's wrong with that? Um, that may be a little generous to him, but on the other hand, I mean, this is, if he's, you know, I mean, he's a celebrity, he's a, uh, you know, very wealthy actor, you know, he's not the best looking guy with the best physique in the world, but he's also somebody who's clearly what people in California would define as a high value man. And he's in the position to have these kinds of standards for somebody that he's going to get in a serious relationship with. And the proof of this is that the one after this one, he's getting married to, and they just had a kid. So obviously she's okay with the stuff that he's putting down on this, this girl um, or things like it, at least for now. So I like I don't I don't see that he's the bad guy here. I think she's the bad guy for taking all this stuff and putting it on the internet. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that like, let's just say, for example, that Jonah Hill is a controlling a-hole. Something that I would totally accept as a possibility. Okay. Sure, like absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a possibility. I don't know the guy, so who knows? Right. The the thing is, is that like lighting you weren't married to him this is not a matter he didn't cheat on you he didn't beat you he didn't whatever um you know why yeah. are you putting this stuff out for public display it would be one thing if he was you know uh going out there and saying what a great guy he was and he's just the perfect partner or something but he's not doing that and you were like uh hey, well, he like just announced that they had a kid Right. Which is which is what really gives this a woman scorned kind of taste right. to it. It seems like he's gross. joyful and he's happy and he's found a woman who and and I, you know, frankly, I thought, well, this 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 new woman seems to be a good match for him. Like, you know, I was like, they right. seem to be a better whatever. But again, that's from the outside looking in, you know, and I can see uh, some years back, um, and I can't remember the actress, and it's probably better that I don't, but uh, there was a hacking thing where a lot of Hollywood actresses had their phones hacked, and all of their, like, kind of intimate pictures were put out public, and it was such a terrible violation, and it's just something you can't take back, right? You know, once right. it's out there, there's no right. undoing it. And you're seeing these women in these vulnerable positions. And it likewise, re releasing private conversations like this is just so... It's gross. I mean, it's it really gross is. and violating. And you better have some substantial that you're saying something that like you're afraid for this one, the new woman's life, you know, there's, but, but yeah. that's not well, what this is. And she, well, she did, you know, she, she didn't say that, but what she did do is she said, well, I didn't want to 
released this stuff while uh you know new girl was still pregnant uh-huh. right but um I'm putting it out now because she needs to have all the information that she needs in order to, you know, prepare, uh, you know, a future for herself and her baby or something like that. Yeah, she's she trying to justify her. Which is, you know, and it's, uh, that's, that's, okay, you could do all that shit in private, mm-hmm. right? You absolutely don't freaking release it on, on the internet. Right. Uh, in order to, to do this kind of stuff, because it's, I mean, you know, that there's, there's no constructive purpose in helping somebody that can be achieved by that. So Scott, to your point, I, you know, I, whenever I see something like this happen, when she, when she used the word conservative men, I was like, mm, wait a minute here. And I'm wondering what's going on why in the world would somebody want to ruin jonah hill right now like why like like just let's just say that he is actually politically conservative i doubt it but he's not he called himself a male feminist he's not a conservative no he's not a conservative so but why would that want you know who was who would pay her to release these kind of things to to harm him too because it's so out of left field and somebody said that he was um working on some sort of project or whatever had um i don't know didn't have the right kind of view about um identity politics or something i can't remember what i read and i was just like you know there does seem to be this desire to just you know ruin people and make accusations of thing of things and for reasons i just you know that may not be obviously apparent and so like i haven't really said anything about this because i really don't care but me neither but i i do think that um this kind of thing is so destruct destructive to kind of the understanding of what relationships are one of the things he said in the text to her following up was that he was just like, you know, you basically have ruined my trust in people. And and she is, which by what she d- is doing, she is poisoning his current relationship, his future relationships. And, and that's why I was thinking about, you know, these other actresses, you know, who can you trust? The Kardashians are like super crazy, like about this kind of thing and will, um, test their friends and people and give like pieces of information to someone to see if it ever comes out somewhere and then they'll know that that's the person um who did it and they're very careful about their friendships and everything and you can see why anybody who's in the public eye i mean the level of exposure that you get it's not it's not the same thing that normal people have to deal with yeah. Right? You get in a private controversy that is kind of talked about among your circle of friends. And that's enough of a, you know, screaming red situation for most people. Right. I mean, have it show up on TMZ. Yeah. You know, and, and you're you're trending on every social media platform for a week. And it's I mean, it's that's a totally different thing. And for somebody who is um romantically involved with someone whose celebrity is such that that 
engine will will crank up right. um you know to abuse that trust is i mean it's like a hundred times worse than you know a normal whatever betrayal in a friendship right um you know and they're like I, and i've always i've said this really since i learned it the hard way in my late 20s and early 30s the worst mistake you can make in life is a bad association and you never really know how bad it is until you start to extricate yourself from it. Mm -hmm. um, and this is like the classic proof of that, right? Like he breaks up with her and this this bad association comes back to haunt him mm -hmm. at a time when he should be, you know, like really joyful and, right. and um, the highlight you know, happiness. And, you know, and the point of this that should matter, I guess, at least a little is that, you know, Jonah Hill's like, Melissa, like you said, I mean, he's done the therapy thing, did a documentary about, you know, time he spent with his therapist and, and all this stuff. Like, he's not a particularly rock solid, stable guy. I mean, this is somebody who kind of came up in Hollywood as, you know, he was the fat loser, right? Like, that was his typecast thing. He went, lost a bunch of weight, and got in shape, and looks a lot better, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, it's probably a guy who's got some, you know, issues to begin with. And it's like, everybody's going to know this about him because it's all out there on the big screen, right? So, I mean, none of this should be a surprise that he's like, hey, I need somebody who's like a wife-wife if I'm going to wife her up, right? I mean, I don't, like, I don't think any of this is, I mean, you could say, well, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be with a guy that wanted to do that. It's like, well, okay, you wouldn't want to be with Jonah Hill. But if you want to be with Jonah Hill, this is the stuff that he's going to demand. And there's nothing wrong with him saying, hey, this is what I want. Right, right. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that we all have our insecurities and we all have the things that whatever. If, if Jonah's been cheated on like multiple times in the past, he's going to have sensitivities that another person's not going to either. And right. so he's going to ask things of the women in his life now that he would never have in the past, potentially, because it wouldn't have been on his mind. Everybody well, has yeah. to neg negotiate those sorts of things. And they're private things to negotiate. And it seemed to me he was expressing his needs pretty reasonably. And maybe he is, like I said before, maybe he is a controlling narcissistic person. Here's right. the other thing too. We've also known people who have been together and the relationship has been completely toxic, but the same traits, the uh, switch the relationship to somebody else who's a better fit for both of you. And then certain issues just don't come up. And you're it is possible to be the same person and to be the worst version of yourself with one person and to be the best version of yourself with another. And anybody oh, who's no ever been in a relationship for any length of time knows this. And so, you know, right. grow up, honey, and let it go. And if his new wife um, or girlfriend who's the baby mama, if they wife to be, right wife to be if if they can be happy together more power to them it's not your business yeah. now i do know like i have um a couple friends one woman who married a man and it would have been wise for her to talk to his ex-wives let's just put it that way you know and it's not like he right. changed 
he was the same rotten guy and into their marriage too, you know, that, that same thing. And so I am kind of always surprised at the women so willing to believe that, um, he can't possibly be the kind, you know, this person who, uh, his first wife made him out to be. And then, you know, 10 years later, they're right. getting divorced. Why? Because he's that person, you know, um, yeah. but whatever, well, none of our business yeah. the, the bigger thing for all of us is that like this kind of thing is happening more and more where people are putting their personal stuff out in public and man i wish it would stop it, it's just not good for anybody involved right. and uh you see all these like uh influ you know even the job title influencer what the heck i mean you're not really doing anything and you're selling your life essentially and people have talked about you know people people in the space have like been committing suicide uh because of the pressure of exposing every aspect of their life every day i don't know this oversharing thing has got to stop and interestingly a lot of young people are pulling back from it you know i know i i was really, I know this is hard to imagine, a strict parent when it came to social media with my kids, just because I knew what that meant. And as adults, they have been very, very careful themselves about their presence because they've seen um, what can happen. And, um, and I told them all the worst things. <laughs> and I also wanted as you know, young people for them to have the freedom as adults to be who they want to be as adults, because who you are as a teenager, whatever is different. And I think a public figure like Jonah Hill or really anybody, um, what just happened is kind of your worst fear because it's like you, you when you get when you get intimate with someone, they know things about you and know your insecurities and can exploit them publicly afterwards. And it, it's just a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing right. that she did. Well, I mean, you know, the, and the, the, the answer to this is going to be, particularly if you're a, um, if you're a woman and you get into a relationship with a famous or wealthy or prominent guy, you're going to get an NDA thrown in your face. Yeah. You get in the relationship, like you are not to disclose anything about our relationship publicly or on the internet at all. And it's, oh, that's, yeah, that's really romantic. And the answer is Jonah Hill. Yeah. Right? Like this, you know, this can't happen. And, you know, generally speaking, it's not something that guys do to their ex-girlfriends. Um, no, what they do. Although is that's not exclusively a woman thing by any means. Yeah, Just no, mo mostly guys that. won't do it. They upload the 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 their exes onto on porn sites is what they do. Yeah, sometimes you'll see that. Um, but, you know, the text messages going up on, you know, social yeah. media, that that you don't see. Yeah, um, but we're, women fight with words and men fight, you know, in a different way. And so they, yeah, that's right. one is going at the other's weakness, which is right. every woman's insecurity is herself at her most vulnerable physically, which is why it was so terrible to release these Hollywood folks, their women, their pictures, goes to the heart of what, you know, a woman's value for a man to be um, called, you know, to be 
disrespected publicly is like the worst, you know, know, Orlando Bloom had pictures of his dong on the internet, Justin Bieber, and neither one of them cared because they're like, hey, I look great. And anyway, moving along from this sordid Hollywood, I think, I think though, it's just, you know, it's like one more feather in the destroyed um, culture's Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're going to, we're going to, I guess, kind of close with another foray into this and maybe on a more hopeful note, but uh, meantime, we'll go to something even more sorted than Jonah Hill, which is Joe Biden. Um, (laughs) You know, we're, we're seeing all the images uh, this week of his overseas trip uh, in which he has completely outed himself as um, a demented old man needing uh, assisted living rather than uh, the presidency of the United States for the next five years, which is what he he says he wants. Um, You know, getting led around Windsor Palace, uh, you know, as if he's this this imbecile who doesn't know where he's going, Um, you know, can't drink tea with the prime minister um, without being told what to do. There's that picture on the beach from the weekend before he left to go to London, where he's confused and doesn't know where to put his beach chair. Um, all of it. I mean, I, you know, and 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 I wrote this, and, and you know, this is we're recording this Tuesday on an American Spectator piece that's kind of popping a little bit online about you know the Axios story that appeared on Monday, talking about Joe Biden's tirades against you know he's like he's a tyrannical boss and he yells at people and like axios makes it sound like well he's that way because he's a perfectionist and he really makes sure that his people know their stuff like okay this comes out right at the same time as video of a demented old man who clearly has Alzheimer's or something is totally seen now can't walk normally I mean he looks like he's walking around with a poopy diapers and I mean everything about Joe Biden is looks you know frail and confused and Axios wants us to know he's a tyrannical perfectionist alpha male and at some point I mean like like how much gaslighting are we supposed to put up with before you know the the response starts to become intensely um you know uh outrageous and combative and a giant f you in the face of the legacy corporate media that wants to sell this stuff to us because it's i mean you know we just got finished being gaslighted about the cocaine that they found in the white house and how that was probably some tourists cocaine that brought baggie of freaking coke to the white house and just left it in a cubby in the west wing really i mean like we're supposed to believe that and they well well, hunter wasn't there it's like no actually hunter was there and a couple of days later we see hunter clearly under the influence of something like cocaine and there's even video that can very reasonably be interpreted as him taking a bump of yayo while he's just standing just behind Jill behind the camera. And it's like, what, what did he just do just now? And then there's video like just before that of him clearly high on something. Tweaking. He's tweaking in the White House. And we're, and we're basically, yes. Try, yeah. Right. Trying to trying to solve the big mystery of where the Coke is coming from. 
you know, as we'll never know. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Just like we'll never know uh, legally about any of the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. We'll never know about the bribes. We'll never know about any of this. And the answer is because, you know, we like somebody, I think Kurt Schlichter might have wrote this last couple of days. It's not it's not that there's hypocrisy. It's that there's hierarchy. Right. We're beyond hypocrisy at this point. It's not a question of, oh, you know, like, um, you know, we're, we'll say things, but we're going to. No, they're not even saying them. Anymore. We're above the law. You peons are not. Right. Uh, this is the president's son, so he can get away with whatever he wants. And right. there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, you know, we're your betters. And so we will tell you that Joe Biden is a tyrannical perfectionist alpha male while the video shows a man who needs to be in assisted living. Um, and it's fine. Nothing well, that's the thing, right? It's it, it's the, because it, it, really, do, do I think this is the first time cocaine has been in the White House? No, I do no. not. Give me a break. However, this isn't about that. This is about the fact that we have leaders who in Obama and this is or in Obama and well Freudian slip who's really running things but but you know in Biden where we know what would happen if the shoe were on the other foot right we we just and everybody's even the leftist you know in polling and everything knows that this is baloney everyone knows that the a guy in the same position of Trump would not be being prosecuted for anything. Everybody knows that, but because it's Trump, every little, I mean, they couldn't find anything in his IRS files. They've had to drop all these various cases. They just have to keep making up crap. I don't know that any of us has lived lived such an upright life. I mean, uh, it's just ridiculous. And so like- And in the the Trump Mar-a-Lago case, I mean, there's direct, obvious, flagrant prosecutorial misconduct in the leaks of all of the 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 stuff that they put out there that in any other trial circumstance would have resulted in the whole case being dismissed right which might actually still happen okay and i mean i'm not going to necessarily predict that it is but it's it's by no means pie in the sky to think that that the judge might say you know what i'm taking this stinking turd off my plate you know, freaking screw you, go bring a case in New Jersey and get this one out of here. Like, I can absolutely see that happening. You know, I mean, it it would be a shock if it did. But like, from a legal standpoint, there's no surprise in that whatever. I mean, that like, this is what normally happens when a way in the case of the the Mar-a-Lago thing. Well, the thing, here, here's the thing we everybody knows like it's just so patently obvious that biden is falling apart the interesting thing to me is is they've pulled back jill as his little hand holder everywhere which is you know for a while she was you know there to help him and i can just imagine him being the jerk that he is saying i can handle it i'm fine everybody knows it's not fine but he doesn't you know he, he wants to because he's entering the elder toddler years where you're having to care for them, but they don't want to admit that they need care and help. And so this is when you have to take the keys away from the guy because he can't really drive anymore. But what do you do when it's the president of the United States? And the other interesting thing is, is we've got this impression that, you know, the lefties are always so compassionate. 
But now we have uh, Kamala Harris and Biden, uh, who's always been an a-hole. I mean, just from always. I wrote pieces about this before the election. He's not a good guy. He, this is what he's done. He's just a terrible person. Of right. course, nobody wanted to listen to it because they hated Trump. Right. And so now we have, he's a bad. Kamala can't keep staff for the same reason because she's a horrible tyrant. But here's what happens when you have uh, people who have achieved beyond their uh, ability and um, they're not too bright and they've gotten by on their psychopathy. And in both cases, these people have no moral you know, center and their um, utter shamelessness is what's got them as far as they have. And yeah. now that you know, Gavin Newsom's waiting in the wings and he's no better. And let me give an example right. of just this kind of uh, hypocrisy that nobody cares about. But you know, a couple of years ago, talking about those cluster bombs that are going to Ukraine and that it's the war crime if Russia uses them. And now the U.S. is giving Ukraine cluster bombs and we're running out of ammo. Thanks, Joe Biden. And um, and one of the things nobody's talking about, by the way, is where do we get our ammo from? China. China. Okay. China makes so who's making money right now on making ammo for Russia and for the United States, who's giving their ammo to Ukraine? China. I mean, we are funding our own demise. And then we have Janet Yellen going over to China, literally like kowtowing. I think yep. that was in your piece. Did yes. You? Yeah. I mean, and it was true. I watched the video and I was like, what is happening here? Yeah, it's like, hey, bowing lady, stop bowing. Like, stop yeah. bowing. And I was like, what? This, this is just... I, I, we're in crazy town. And then we have the media telling us that this is all normal, that right. this is the return to norms and that the economy is so good. I was looking at a chart because of course they've changed how they measure inflation and right. real true inflation right now in the United States isn't two or 3% like they're lying about. It's 10%, but they yep. changed how you calculate it. Just like they changed how you, they calculated unemployment during Obama, because they didn't want to show that, you know, unemployment was 16% amongst the black community, which is what it was, and how terrible his economy was for everybody. So they changed the rules. Same way now with inflation, they're changing the rules. And um, this guy should be retired. Kamala should be um, I, if she didn't sleep her way to the top, she would be at some sort of lefty think tank making money for doing nothing. And that's where the Democrats kind of have to put her. I just, well, you know, one of the things that I notice, and this is so widespread across the board is what it takes to be a prominent Democrat. And this is less true among Republicans, but it's also true. Um, and, and it's a feature of American politics. And it's it's starting to become a feature of American culture as well. And all of this is bad, is that the, the people who get ahead are the people who are willing to do the things that nobody else is willing to do, yeah. right? Um, and, and I don't mean that in the way of, you know, I'm willing to work harder 
or I'm willing to innovate, I'm willing to do, you know, smart things and make good decisions that other people maybe don't have the courage to do. Like, I'm willing to debase myself mm-hmm. more than other people are willing to do. Like, I'm willing to screw over my friends. I'm willing to do, you know, uh, to, to sacrifice others more than anybody else to get ahead. That's absolutely the case with the Bidens. I think there's no doubt it's true of Kamala Harris. It was certainly true of the Clintons. Um, you don't. It doesn't maybe immediately jump out at you that it was true of Obama, but I can point a million different, you know, um, instances where to, that, that demonstrates that that's the truth. A guy like Gavin Newsom, it's like that's not even a question, right? Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. Um, with all of these prominent people in that party. And I mean, look, it's true of the Republicans too. Lindsey Graham is a perfect example of that. Um, And then, but, you know, and like we go back to this Jonah Hill thing. I mean, Sarah Brady wants to be famous. And guess what? Now she is. It's like the worst possible way to be famous. But there are tons of dumb simp guys who are going to look at her picture and go, oh, oh, she's really cool, right? Like I'm with her, right? Mm -hmm. So- you know, like you start to see it in our culture. And I mean, like we're, you know, the founders talked about you need a moral and religious people for self-governance that we've established under the Constitution, right? I mean, I'm paraphrasing Adams, obviously, but, you know, it's like you need a country full of good folks. You're not going to get very far with freedom. Well, guess what? Increasingly, we're not a country of good folks. And that's what, you know, like you see that in our politics more than anything else. It's so hard to find good people with any kind of integrity to serve. And the higher up the political ranks you get, the worse the people are. Yeah. Which is, you know, late Roman Empire type stuff. Right. I mean, you know, and and it's it really ought to be very scary um, because. You know, you just can't, you're not going to get the kind of leadership that you need to run a country of this size and import with, you know, people of such manifestly flawed character, um, you know, being required at the top because nobody else will do it. Yeah. And so we have leaders that reflect this. The interesting thing is that we have Biden who he, he would make. I mean, like I think about the Russian leaders and how they handled their enemies. The Democrats have always done this. You know, Clinton's famously got a body count, you know, but is it real? Who knows? But it's strange how many people just happen to fall out of windows, you know, not falling out of windows. However responsible they were for it, the body count does exist. So, yeah. And uh, so like you have Biden going after this whistleblower who's in hiding. And now the DOJ has has uh, charges against them. But I don't, the, the thing is there's so n- a little trust in the DOJ that no one believes it. Right. And, and the thing is, um, what a terrible p- place to be. So we can't even know. So they're accusing this guy of being an arms dealer and an agent of, China. Uh, what's his name? Luft? Gal Luft. He's Gal a, Luft. an Israeli okay. professor who runs a think tank or ran a think tank. Yeah. And so yeah, I guess he's got dual citizenship, US and Israel or something like that. 
Right. Well, so he was talking about knowing what the FBI had on all of them and 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 now, you know, magically there's um documents written up and creating whatever uh charges against him to try to intimidate him and not and cause him legal trouble and potentially put him in jail. And I'm like, this is such Soviet era BS. And oh, they're yeah. shameless. They this administration does not care. I wish the Republicans would take note. You know, the, we have guys like Bill Barr, who's brilliant, who comes in and plays, you know, patty cake with his fellow attorneys at the DOJ. And instead of cleaning house and, you know, he said, I'm worried about the respect of the DOJ. Well, if that was really your concern, Bill, you would have cleaned things up while you're there, but you didn't do that. And so instead, what we're stuck with is an administration with a whole league of lawyers persecuting any political enemy they can find in America. Now, we've had a couple legal things, and we didn't have this on our list to talk about, that are kind of stemming the tide of this corruption. But all of the censorship that they're doing, the lawsuit that is in, uh, I think it's is it Missouri that where it's yeah, well, it's it's Missouri v. Biden, but it's in the Western District of Louisiana. And last week, Terry Doty, he's in Monroe, Louisiana. This this the, the left hates Terry Doty with a passion because he's like the go-to judge. Like yeah. uh, Jeff Landry is the Attorney General in Louisiana. Like he and Eric Schmidt have been, who's now in the Senate, was the AG in Missouri, and Andrew Bailey, who's the the new AG in Missouri, but like has continued it like they were the they're the lead in um all of these multi-state lawsuits that all these attorney generals from red states have been filing and they bring them to the western district of louisiana because Doty gets somebody's he's like oh i love this case and so he moves them up the line um but this is like this case has been around for a while because this this was the case that resulted in anthony fauci getting deposed like last right. year, you'll remember. Right. Um, and Elvis Chan, who was the FBI agent who was involved in cranking all this stuff up, like they they got the goods on this, right? Um, and which is why Doty issued his injunction because he already knows the facts. The facts are are right. already there, and you know, so the case is going to. I mean, the ruling is going to come down in the case uh, at hand probably in a couple months, and you know, and it's look you did this and it's illegal and you can't and you know so it, like it's you know it's a controversial case because they're making controversial but the values behind the case and the and the legal precedents and everything else are pretty well established yeah really in this well they're pretty well established but that didn't stop the democrats from doing what they've been doing no, so no, they no. they're established the problem is is the left has created this huge massive infrastructure of censorship, working with college campuses, right. working with uh, supposed think tanks filled with um, uh, intelligence officers, all training their, you know, all that was supposed to be used for foreign threats, trained on domestic threats to our democracy. When any threat to democracy is always um, people speaking out about something that the Biden administration is doing. So it's basically a protection racket for the left and everybody knows it um thankful that you know elon musk and his people matt taibbi and all the rest of them exposed all this baloney 
um, in a very con concrete way, but it was happening at every media organization. Absolutely. Everything. I couldn't believe it. Like when I was looking into the details of this, even like next door, we're not allowing any election talk. I was just like, well, that explains the censorship there. But I mean, it's crazy. So people can't actually speak and can't actually share ideas. And um, and so like legitimate problems that were happening after the election uh, weren't ex explored, weren't talked about because they weren't allowed to be. And I think censorship is still happening. I don't think that Musk and his team has gotten to the bottom of all of the uh, filtration that's being done on their site. Yeah. I think that the the layers and layers and layers coded in to suppress the speech of of conservatives on every single platform can't even be like fully fathomed because it's everywhere. And I'll tell you why this concerns me. Outside of the free speech issues, it's not just that. So one thing that Musk talked about a week or so ago about scraping data, like um, having the limit of how many um, tweets that can be looked at and they're trying to limit the amount of data that like Google and other places are scraping from all those these social media platforms. And the reason why is they're using um, language learning programs to understand how people talk back and forth to one another and they're scraping all these conversations to train AI, right? But the problem is, is when, and this is the most nefarious thing, is when you filter out all right-wing conversation and you only use the information that is allowed from the left, what becomes the AI's truth is wholly a leftist perspective because nothing on the right is even discussed or talked about. So the right. data that's being scraped is all is inherently biased. And so the artificial intelligence, which there's no such thing, but the layers and algorithms of how to come up with models and how to come up with language and how to come up with anything you can think of will always have this bias. So imagine that you have conversations with AI by, about religion, but they exclude in their base uh, coding any discussion of any uh, scripture from the Bible. Or imagine if they have a discussion about abortion, but exclude just the, the hashtag pro-life. Imagine how that's going to change what the, the model learns and yeah. how, how things are done. And this is so like for people who are like, well, you know, the truth still squeaks through. Well, actually, no, it doesn't. The, the administration was very effective at completely blocking information about Hunter Biden's laptop for over a year before it was exposed. The FBI had it. Nancy Pelosi knew about it in uh, December of 2018, I think it was. And so like this was allowed to go on for a full year before the guy who, you know, had the backup of the computer was like, hey, nobody's doing about anything about this and gave it to Giuliani or whatever. And so like you can. And then when it did come out, the media companies were all getting, you know, direct line from the Biden administration saying, you know, remove this. Well, then what becomes true is what is known. And 
right. what is, and and that is the problem and something like 10 percent of people said they would have changed their vote if they'd known that the this was true i think there's I a, somebody did another poll on that issue and it's yeah. now up to 17 percent of biden's voters say that it, if they if they'd known about the laptop that they wouldn't have voted for it yeah so like i don't believe 81 million it, way. i mean i mean it's it's Kind of like the people who said, I never wanted anybody to lose their job during COVID. Yeah, you did. Well, and, I mean, I get that. But think yeah. think of it all, 81 million votes, and now one-sixth of them, you know? So what, what did you really 81 get? 81 million votes. You know, I was looking back at that data again, and, you know, this is going to get us booted again. But I'm just like, it's such baloney. No wonder they didn't yeah, want is. anybody talking about the this on the on the social media platforms it's no wonder because it's so obvious bs um i i'm sure you saw the data where like um of the deciding counties uh obama won 18 of 19 trump won 18 of 19 biden won four right you know what i mean like the the data just like and i'm not you know some data genius but just looking at it well, let's see, like three or four big Democrat counties suddenly, you know, came up with millions of the, these extra votes, you know. Well, I don't put it this way. It's it's it was the most. 1876, right? Like, I mean, we can we can say that. I mean, I think it was a more irregular election since 1960. Yeah. Uh, than 1960 was. And certainly, you know, anything since, it's not, not even close. Right. And yet you say that and they accuse you of a conspiracy theory. And it's like, right. well, no, this is a, an actual fact. None of the bellwethers checked out. Like, right. you're going to tell me that overnight, American politics just completely switched. Right. right? And, and yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah, that's okay. You know, again, with the gaslighting. And, right. you know, I mean... I don't think people are are willing to put up with it anymore, which is why I think this is a really good segue into the last thing that we wanted to talk about, okay. um, which is that um, a week ago today, as we record this, was the 4th of July, yeah. which you know, is the busiest movie day of the year, traditionally. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a massive upset at the box office, which was that Sound of Freedom, this little indie movie uh, that Angel Studios is is promoting, and we've talked about Angel Studios a million times uh, on this podcast. Sound of Freedom goes and draws fourteen million dollars at the box office on July fourth, compared to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is Disney's big blockbuster that did with a two hundred ninety five million dollar production budget, compared to fourteen and a half for Sound of Freedom, uh, did eleven million. Um, and, and marketing budget. I don't need oh, another another two hundred million dollars in marketing. I'm so yeah, you know, Dial of Destiny is a massive like monster bomb at the box office. Like they're gonna lose a hundred and sixty million dollars or so. Yeah. Whereas Angel Studios had pocketed a fortune off of Sound of Freedom. They put five million in, I think, to buy the movie. I thought, and I thought it was fifteen marketing. million to buy the rights to market it. Say again. I thought it was fifteen million that they paid to market it. And get what it. I read was five, and the oh, production wow. budget was fourteen and a half. Okay. So okay, whatever. But the point is, is that by Monday it had done forty 
40 million at the box office. Yeah. Okay. And this is despite the media doing everything they could to attack this movie and beat it down, even though a lot of the movie critics out there have, have fessed up. Yes. This is a really good movie. Um, yeah. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has got a 90 something percent audience score and a 77% critic score at Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, which yeah. for something that is clearly a conservative film um, is a, a fair, frankly, a fairly amazing number. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, you got Rolling Stone magazine and The Guardian and some of these other outlets are, you know, talking, oh, this is a QAnon movie and this is like, and the movie's about child trafficking that everybody knows is a real thing. And everybody right. knows is a big thing. Yeah. Um, and yet they want to turn this into a partisan deal. And it's like, okay, if you were controlled by a network of pedophiles, like QAnon says, this is the shit that y'all would write about a movie right. that talks not about QAnon, right. not about massive conspiracies, but about the fight to rescue trafficked children, right? Well, it's a conspiracy theory to say that this stuff isn't actually happening that it's some made up thing i live in houston houston is one of the biggest if not the biggest portal for human trafficking in the united states of america i am sad and disappointed to say one of my two of my friends actually have worked in the you know saving people from trafficking it is the most evil heinous thing and it's happening everywhere in a neighborhood near you in a neighborhood near me, literally, there was a house filled with underage hookers in which, you know, children in a, in the suburbs. And and the thing is, is that the, the police didn't do anything about it, really. The people on the street started taking a video of the cars going by and getting the license plates and um gave basically put all the data together because they figured out kind of what was going on and gave it to the police and then they cracked down on the house because it and then found out all, all these people and in another case that i know of um you know they're anyway suffice it to say i have a friend who built one of the biggest houses to save these young, you know, underage people and try to to put them a, a big uh, billionaire donor type person. It's such a big problem that they, they, they're running out of housing when they do rescue these children. And, um, you know, some of the children have been in the business for so long. Um, you know, they remember where they came from, but they wouldn't even know because they were too young to know the the town to go back to and the you know like it's just terrible and right. so like they're kept here in america they're educated in the schools and and um you know the, there's someone protecting them and feeding them and everything but there's it, it's just too much so like for the media to discuss it this way but the but again it's to defend the obama administration obama did it again biden administration letting these thousands and thousands of unaccompanied minors come over and it's purely for the sex trade or yeah. uh you know corporations using these children paying them slave wages 
and having them work the night shift to work in factories where Americans, they don't want to pay the, the money to for Amer American workers. And so like for people to pretend like this isn't existing, it's just insane to me. And like, I can't, I know lots of people have gone and seen the movie and I've heard that it ends well, but it's That's just too, right. it's too real for me. Like I can't, I can't see children being exploited. It's real, it's happening and it's not a theoretical thing. And these sick people, all I can think is that they're, they're protecting people they know that are pedophiles. That's all I can think. Well, like they're doing exactly what uh, somebody who is an apologist for pedophilia would do. That's right. I, I don't well, and uh, you know, ha having said, I went to see it Saturday morning. Um, Did and you I mean, you saw it. Yeah, full theater on a Saturday morning. You know, wow. um, and uh, you know, it's. I can't call it an entertaining movie. It's not really that. It's a powerful movie. It's very well acted. It's very well written. Um, uh, uh, Alejandro Monteverde, I think is the guy's name, was the director, is a, is a Mexican mm -hmm. phenomenal director. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just it's a really, really well done movie. Um, and, and, and like, it's one of these things, everyone should see it. Um, I, like, you're not going to want to go see it twice. Okay. It's just not yeah. that kind of movie, but like, you can't call yourself, you know, like culturally literate, I think in 2023, if you haven't seen it, um, and it will affect you. Okay. Cause it's, this is, I couldn't, I, I, couldn't I, I had nightmares about Schindler's list for three weeks after I saw that movie. It's is it like that? No, this doesn't. This does not present you with graphic images. Okay, everything is kind of left to the imagination, which I think is precisely how you have to do a movie like this. Yeah. Um. You know the, these kids that uh that uh that they show like they're fantastic. Like they're really, really, really great child actors. Hmm. Um. You know, and, and I mean, this is the part they're trashing the movie going, well, this is based on a true story, but these two kids didn't really exist. And that part was like, well, no, they're composite characters for like what this guy actually went out and did. Well, right. They can't actually. And I, you like, what did you expect? Right. I mean, yeah. come on, that's a stupid of the movie. Um, yeah. But, you know, so the, but the, you know, the, the Tim Ballard, who's the, the guy, the movie did all of these things he may not have be as the movie presents it but that's how it works um i don't know i i um everybody who's seen it that i know of who's seen it has been like this is amazing and um you know you need to go out and see it i guess for me it just it's it feels too real um, one of the things I did like though, and one of the things that's helped them is the pay it forward thing that angel studios do does yeah, that you can buy that's a ticket. It's going to work for real. Uh, uh, pardon. I said, that's an innovation that will work for real in Hollywood. Well, not Hollywood, but, but the film industry going forward. Well, it's, um, not, it's working now. Right. I mean, the thing is, yeah. is that, like, um, people who are wanting more content like this are putting their money where their mouth is and helping other people see it who wouldn't, but also helping this studio 
where like everybody knows that they're going to need help to keep doing things like this and keep getting things out there that wouldn't necessarily get out there and they're willing to to do it and and that's a hopeful thing I, and i don't know if you saw like this is completely not related but another hopeful thing um is that there was kind of a revival out in uh, california where they had yeah, like pirates, pirates cove yes parts cove pirates bay pirates cove pirates bay and 6500 people i think got baptized yeah yeah, yeah greg laurie who was involved in the original sort of jesus revolution um, yeah, he says the biggest, the biggest baptism they've ever done, um, which, you know, look, we're overdue for a religious revival in this country. Like we've talked about this and and to see that it's kind of, I mean, I see evidence that this is happening like all I, over the place. Yes. And because, because it's a rebellion against this awful, awful status quo that we have in this, this cultural and political and economic elite that are so corrupt. You know, and I think people are turning away from that and where they're turning is Christianity, which is the one thing that they've established as, you know, nonconformist, right? Which is, you know, like you, we talked about in the last podcast, you were mentioning all these kids are going trad and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that's a rebellion against this kind of woke, corporatist, fascist status, status quo. Um, well, one more thing is- on Sound of Freedom, though. Okay, um because I, I, most people probably know this, but I need to make sure that the folks listening to the podcast say it. So you may not realize this movie was shot five years ago. This was a 20th century Fox feature that was slated to go in the summer of 2018. And Disney bought 20th century Fox and proceeded to sit on Sound of Freedom. Okay, so Disney the pedo-friendly groomer media corporation sits on a movie about child trafficking for five years until Angel Studios, basically Jim Caviezel and the other people involved in Sound of Freedom were like, we can't have this. And they went to Angel and said, look, we got this great movie. I think you guys will make a lot of money off of it if you can get it. And so Angel ended up doing a deal to acquire this from Disney, who, you know, I mean, probably knew when Angel came around, like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Everybody knows that we sat on the child trafficking movie after all the shit that we've just been through in Florida. Right. Take their money and give them the freaking movie, right? So they right. did. And, and then Angel Studios goes out and beats Disney's top Hollywood blockbuster movie that's going to lose money this year. Like, beats them on the busiest movie day. You cannot get a more freaking hopeful, ironic situation than that. I mean, that is that is literally the emperor has no clothes. Right. And there was this story, and I don't know if anything came of it, but there was this story like right like Wednesday of last week, like right after the Fourth of July, that there was some emergency meeting in Burbank that the Disney execs all had, and like they called people in from vacation to go to this meeting because they saw the daily box office numbers and it got beat by this little christian movie studio <laughs> with a movie that they had in their in their vault mm-hmm. right um you know and so i don't like i don't know who got fired or i don't know what happened nobody's been fired yet much. kathleen kennedy still has a job and she's ruined everything she's touched well she's only got another year on her contract so it might very well be like hey kathleen 
you know, we're going to stick you in a, in a box for the next year because you have destroyed us. Um, and, you know, they wouldn't let that out or they would do what they could not to let that out, that out if that was actually the way this thing came down. So we'll see kind of whether there's a body count from the fallout of the, all this. But it's such a delicious thing to see. I mean, you know, I guess it's along the lines of like, here's the rebellion, right? And here are the casualties. Right. You can't even sell Indiana Jones anymore. Like that's how much you've destroyed your brand that this, you know, th these people will take, you know, it's almost like, the, you know, the football player that gets cut by one team and then goes to like the, another team in the division and like comes back to home freaking all all pro every time he goes against this team and the right. fans are all throwing things in the seats because they can't believe this guy's not still like that's what this is, right? Like yeah. the that's fine. We'll whip your ass, and that's basically what has happened. Um, you know, and I, I, well, people I are voting. Obviously. People are voting with their feet in more ways than just that. Like it, at sure. Disney, in particular, like wait times are down for lines to get into Disney. Disney's yep. losing money at their. I I won't go back. I I won't go back. They've got to. Not, they, not under this management. You can't. No. Nope. They got to change things since so i and everybody here's another thing that happened during COVID. you know the dream vacation used to be disney but so many people took like like i did we took road trips and i took my kids to beautiful places in america and ended coming back you know feeling peaceful and whole and happy and that kind of thing is not how you feel. I can tell you haven't taken my kids to, I've been on a Disney cruise. I've been to Disneyland a couple of times, Disney World a couple of times and yeah. peaceful and serene and whole are not how you come no. out of those places. You come back feeling like, well, I just had my pockets empty. Right. Like, you know, so, like you know I've I been think, processed through that car wash really nicely, you know? Yeah. So I think that people, um are going you know what if this is the way it's going to be okay then we'll we'll just resist and well, resist is what everybody is doing i think well, and then so here's your, here's another data point for you on that okay did you know that bud light is not even in the top 10 highest selling beer brands in america anymore they have gone from number one to out of the top 10 in three months yeah. Okay. And and almost everybody in that industry realizes now that it's permanent because it's not just Bud Light. Anheuser Busch is losing market share on Bush Light, on uh, Budweiser, and on Michelob Ultra as well. All three of them have taken major dips in their market share. Uh, so like that entire company is like less than it was when they. My brother is a my brother is a finance guy. My brain doesn't function this way but he was explaining to me to me in finance terms um because you have to cost things out way far ahead and you have to project things out way far ahead and he said this is so devastating like if this turned around tomorrow and this was we talked like a month or two a month into this he's like if it turned out around tomorrow they are devastated for five years like this is just like but at this point it, it, it it's it's devastating maybe permanently well, yeah. I mean, you can't, you, you have to cut back on capacity yeah. of brewing that beer because you can't sell it. 
And once you lose that capacity, once you've laid off the brewers and all this other kind of stuff, like like those people go and get other jobs. It's right. not like you can bring them back when demand resurfaces, if it ever does. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose some of that. Yeah. Which is why I, you know, I like I think ultimately they're gonna dump Bud Light as something else. Well, um, maybe the thing is, is that like at the very least we have you know for so long i i saw this really churlish kind of article talking of megan mccardle wrote in the washington post about how um that that the internet is a tool for um you know punishing and i was like like it's a new thing since this bud light thing happened and i was like the reason why all these companies went woke is because there were leftist organizations with five people constantly harassing businesses online and being like you know go the gay way and so the, the all these corporations were had the misapprehension while all of the people on the right their voices the people who actually buy their products were suppressed and they thought that they had a representation of who the American people were based on their engagement online anyway. Right. Because on the it, old Twitter, right. Yes, because everything has been so suppressed everywhere, whether you're doing Google search or whatever. Any analysis that came back that was a market analysis on the American people was faulty because they had completely suppressed the voices of the majority the majority of America, because it's a tiny, tiny minority who are these freaks. Yep. You know, the theater kids have never been the whole school, never. And they're still not the whole school, but the impression was that they were running the school, that they were the cool kids and that's wrong. And so we have a bunch of millennials who've been cranked out of college who are, you know, have fuzz for brains who are in position of positions of power making decisions uh, with faulty data on bad premises and they want to believe it because that's how they were schooled with all the psychos that they went to the, the ivies with and so you have this kind of bubbles within bubbles within bubbles not realizing that hey there's a vast big world out there who doesn't think like you and maybe they have more market power than the one percent of pissed off trannies and so like, you know, uh, and, and here's the thing, even amongst the LGBT, you know, alphabet people, there's, they're divided about how to handle this. So you're, when you're talking about a group of people, you're not, you're being, you're being dismissive of all the views that are within that group. So, you know, most gay people are not on this crazy train, by the way, that I know anyway. And so like, um, the, the, who are they actually marketing to? They're marketing to a phantom that they thought existed. Right. And now, you know, the American people who are this vast group of people, and what do they do? You know, Kathleen Ken Kennedy is the one who got rid of like Gina Carano on um, the um, Mandalorian. Mandalorian show. Right. Everybody loved her, left, right, and center. They loved her. They loved her character. Ironically, a big, strong, actually strong woman. And we're going to get rid of her because she said something we don't agree with on Twitter. Well, that just ticks everybody off. And so now the 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 kind of default position for the American consumer is like, you know what? I'm done. 
you guys have done this and I, I put up with this. I kind of put up with this, but you've done this, 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 this to all the people that I know and who I like, I'm done. And wow, you know, once that happens, once you've lost this many um, consumers, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so uh, hopefully this is pushing it back in the right direction. And is a more honest appraisal about the American people. And also like when I'm watching golf or football or uh, tennis or NASCAR or, you know, fights or whatever your, your entertainment of choices, we don't care about the political crap. We're watching this stuff. So we don't it's have supposed to, to be an escape from all of that. Right. Exactly. And so when somebody goes to Disney they don't want to see Fruity McFly at the, the, you know, dress some psychopath man dressed up as a princess at the store where you're buying something for your sweet, innocent daughter who has loved Cinderella since she was two. So, you know, stop with this stuff. We don't want it. And so people are like, no. And, you know, I don't know how many ways the American people have to tell the world elites, these corporate elites who are stateless and, and don't, you know, citizen of the world types, but at least they're paying a pr price now, thankfully, finally. And, and, and this makes me proud of the American people. They're putting their money where their mouth is and helping these various organizations who are doing things that um, are wholesome and building and helpful you know, instead of this division and, you know, and well, hopefully these court, the, the recent Supreme Court stuff will reinforce this kind of, you know, well, you, hope, you hope that's at least a kicking the door in a little that, that yeah. kind of reopens the, the internet for discussion, you know, the government can't, um, can't throttle back people like they were. I, one more thing sort of on the Angel Studios deal. One of the, the previews they were showing at uh, before Sound of Freedom, um, is uh, Angel has another movie coming out in like over the holidays. I guess it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, one of the two. Um, is a movie called The Shift, which is sort of a sci-fi slash religious movie um, where the devil is kind of cast as this figure who can. Um, can shift your reality. In other words, he comes to this guy and he says, you know, I can make whatever you want happen, I can make it happen. And so the guy says, well, I want, you know, X. And so he shifts him into a different reality where X is the case. And like, he does this all over the place. Um, and of course it destroys people left and right. Um, you know, and it's like a real sort of dystopian thing, but Basically, the deal is, is that the devil, and I think they call him the benefactor in this, mm. shifts this guy away from his wife. Mm -hmm. And he and his wife are fighting or whatever, but he doesn't want to lose his wife. And so when he's shifted away from her, his entire story is he wants to find a way to get back to his wife. Um, you know, and so it's like, I'm, yeah, and I saw they, they had done like a little short uh, film that they kind of put out there where they were crowdfunding money for this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but they said, look, this is going to be a much 
larger thing when we get done. And Neil McDonough, who is a an actor that has been in a zillion movies. Yeah. Um, he's and he's a great actor. What's that? Is he Scottish? Uh, no, no, no. I think he's American. Um, I'm trying to remember like the, what would be a good example of something that I could, that I could show, but he said, you know, I mean, he's a, a conservative and a, and a Christian and he and his wife have a film production company. Um, he plays the devil in this and he's, you know, oh, for at least yeah. from what I could see of him, this guy's fantastic. Um, yeah, and he's he been good in a whole bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. that he's been. Uh, he was actually the bad guy, the real bad guy in justified. Yeah. Um, that you know kind of ran the big corporate thing in detroit that was behind all of the bad stuff that was going on that uh that uh, uh that the good guys in justify were fighting against but um anyway uh so this thing is gonna be a massive massive box office smash hit and it's gonna do to the other Hollywood properties, whatever stupid superhero movie they come out with or whatever it might be. I think the sensation is, and can you imagine being a Disney exec selling a, is selling a movie that the American people want to watch and then losing on your like billion dollar property. Don't forget, they had two other ones that they bombed out on too, Elementals right. and The Flash. So they're right. 0 for 3 in summer blockbusters. Right. Well, and and their um, animated stuff all flopped. Well, that was Elementals, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, they had, I thought they had one more. Oh, The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't summer, but yeah. And that okay. one wasn't a hit either. I mean, no. it was a hit, but it didn't make money. So you've got these movies that, and people don't want it. It's just like, stop. I, I you know. You know, it's not even so much that they don't want it. They don't want your version of it, okay? Right. Indiana Jones was an indestructible franchise and they right. destroyed it. Star Wars was an indestructible franchise and they destroyed right. it, okay? Right. I mean, those are both Kathleen Kennedy freaking masterpieces, but like Disney, has held on to her forever as she was destroying all of these things. They've destroyed Marvel. I mean, yeah. those things, they make money, but not all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, I like to me, that's a company, and I've been saying this for a while, that is a company that is going to undergo a hostile takeover. It's a matter of time. Their stock has dropped in a year from 200 to 88. I think it was yeah. yesterday, it closed at like 88. I mean, it's 42%, 44% of its value a year ago. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I was like, look, if this was 1987, Carl Icahn would have come along and just wiped that thing out, right? Yeah. Because they, they're begging for it. And I think it's a matter of time before somebody comes and takes Disney. If, no, if for nothing else to just take it apart sell it off for all its pieces and, and recoup their investment that way. Although my Disney question is, is what happens now, right? ESPN like, when they do it, because ESPN, if you haven't noticed, is firing all of their people. Yeah. All of their on-air talent is getting run out the door yeah. um, because ESPN's looking at all the rights fees they have to pay to these sports leagues to televise their stuff. Yeah. And they can still get ratings for the ball games. But right. they're like commentary content. Nobody's watching it, largely because right. they've made it all crap. 
like every ESPN sports show is a political style debate about right. like who the greatest outfielder in Red Sox history is. And it's like, right. look, there's five or six of them and they're all really good. Why do we have to argue about who's the best? Like, who cares? You know, most fans just no. I like everybody. I don't want to have to pit sides against you know, right. each other. And that's how ESPN does it because they think, well, we can generate controversy and that'll generate viewership. But people are tired and they don't come to sports to get that because they can get that on Fox News or MSNBC, right. you know? And, and so they've ruined sports as a talk medium. And now, the you know, the heads are rolling as a consequence of that. So, like, these these guys have literally destroyed everything that they've touched. And well, it's, just, it's just a matter of time before the price is fully paid for that. And I, honestly, I think it's glorious. It's glorious. <laughs> Well, like I, I'm thinking just about the sports thing. You know, when you have like Shaq and Charles Barkley and those guys, and you want to listen to them, they're those and, are not a debate. Those are a bunch of guys having a great time talking I mean, about stuff. Right. That they know about and giving each yeah. other crap and it's funny and nobody has to think about important stuff while they're watching them and and, and um and it's fine. You know, uh, and then like it doesn't uh, Disney own Fox News. Um, I thought they bought them, but they kept it partitioned or whatever. But it's got to hurt something like that. Yeah, it's got to hurt too to have um, you know Tucker leave, which just killing that again. Kill. I mean, I have to give the lefties credit when they go hard. They they are so ideologically driven. Money does not matter to them. Right. It doesn't seem to. The problem um, is, is eventually you do run out of other people's money. Right. Yeah. You know, so this is like, this is a great strategy for the short and intermediate term, but over the long term, you've destroyed all the wealth that you took advantage of. Yeah. And if you're not completely in control of the society that you've built with that money, yeah. it's all going to go to hell. Which inevitably it does, because when your things don't work, you're not going to sustain them. And that, I mean, the real issue is like, how much damage will they do before this whole fever finally passes? Because it will. I mean, if it passed in the past, the United States, but are we an irrelevant kind of third worldish type country when it's over the way Russia is? And that, that I, I can't speak to. Um, so it's better if they, you know, get beat sooner rather than later right because there's yeah. less damage associated with that well on this happy note congratulations to angel studios to the actors who've been um doing this good great work mira savino is uh the mom from wife, yeah. and she i saw an interview with her and she is has done work for years with the united nations and um getting rid of human trafficking so for her this was a real passion project and you have to appreciate the people and her dad was conservative i don't know if she is but her dad certainly was right. and you know the people kind of committed to this the to the truth and willing to endure being ridiculed i guess by other actors but all i can say about this is you know darn well that there are other actors paying attention how many great actors in Hollywood would give their eye teeth to be 
the actor Jesus Christ and and the chosen and to to be uh, in participating in a project with that grade of writing and the production values and everything. There's a lot of people who are paying attention. And I think, um, you know, Caviezel has paid a big price in his career for, you know, being converting and and only wanting to do certain projects and everything and finally at long last it looks like maybe he's gonna um you know have he's having a comeback um oh yeah with this and so there's a lot of hope i think too for people there's more courage i'm noticing in um in hollywood adjacent um, because they're seeing this kind of thing and they're having, you know, it's got to be hopeful to see a profession. I, mean, I think they're yeah. starting to realize that the kind of corporate media hierarchy is breaking down. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, over the weekend, one of these other things that I watched was Babylon, which was, you know, kind of Hollywood's current tribute to itself. That was a right. colossal bomb. At the box office, I mean, like it lost practically every dollar they spent making it. Mm -hmm. um, and I watched it, and it—I'm not saying it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's in the running. Um, <laughs> save for the score, the soundtrack of that thing is is like sensational. It's kind of you know updated 1920s jazz, okay? And it's it's like a it's like a you remember the old Squirrel Nut Zippers um, uh, band that did like kind of really kick-ass roaring 20s jazz music yeah mm -hmm. uh this it's this is kind of like a three-hour version of that those one of those albums but it's great everything else about the movie is horrendous okay <laughs> and it's supposed to sort of be this you know kind of celebration of hollywood's history and all this and it's like yeah and what you're really celebrating is is a bunch of immoral scumbag fake yeah. people right who do immoral scumbag fake things and it's not cute anymore and it's not exciting anymore and it's stale right because at the end of the day what did make hollywood good was that at least the product that was produced by those immoral scumbags that you guys are kind of celebrating yeah was reflective of the values of the country at the time which were the traditional values the country was based on right that you have corrupted so don't try to trade on that legacy right, right? and it just it, it made it's a bad movie but it comes from a place that's worse and nobody wanted to watch it because everybody's in on the game okay yeah. nobody's interested anymore practically every one of these studios makes bomb after bomb after bomb and just eats all this money and it's okay because it's usually somebody else's money that they go out and get to, to invest in it largely money from china and what doesn't come from china is the same drug cartels who freaking also practice human trafficking on a large scale and are like squealing like stuck pigs because of sound of freedom and along with you know so so is everybody else in hollywood now so it's like oh okay now we see you can't make a profitable movie because everybody knows the truth about you and along come these guys taking your leftovers and kicking your ass with it. Right. Let's just hope, and we'll close with this, let's just hope that that is a forerunner of everything else to come in America over the next couple of years, because we can actually fix this country if it is. Yep.
Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. Please like, subscribe, share. And uh, Scott, thank you. And we will see you next week. And um, I can't believe it, but we're ending on a hopeful note. So thank you all for listening. It's a miracle. It is a podcast miracle.